the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm always thankful that you are listening and wanting to make your life as best as it can be and to be the best version of yourself that you can be and to really affect the world positively as a result of that. So thank you for putting time into you. And that actually leads us into what this show today is going to be about because we know that relationships are unavoidable. Humans naturally relate. We even relate to inanimate objects. You know, we name our cars and we name all kinds of things and we think we're in relationship with everything. And so we know that that relationships are unavoidable and God has created us to be social creatures. And we really cannot and should not deny our design. We, re- we relate our world to our world daily. And the difference when it comes to relating is whether we are having intimacy or just connectedness. See, intimacy is that wonderful thing of being known and knowing another person. And that means knowing really how they're made up, how they tick, what's important to them, what's not, their little idiosyncrasies, their sense of humor, what they like to eat or not, or whatever it is, their favorite animals. These kinds of things are different than just having a connection with somebody. And and that's also a type of, of relationship, but it's not the intimacy that we're talking about. And so what you want to think about is relationships are going to be either positive or negative, but we're never going to have no relationships because we always are with ourself. And we determine whether or not to put effort into creating a positive relational dynamic with any given individual and with ourself. See, unhealthy and unsuccessful relationships can be avoided, not without some effort on our part, obviously, because I can only do my side of the relationship. But what you want to think about is there is one relationship that is unavoidable, and that's relationship with self. How do I relate to me? And so I'm with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? And when I die, I'm going to heaven and I'll be with me for eternity. And I say to people, to clients all the time, you know, think about that, that idea, that concept. That God wants to be with you forever. 
And he moved heaven and earth in order to be able to do it and hopes that you choose him just as he chose you. So you have to say to yourself, if he chose me, there are people in my life that also chose me. Do I choose me? Because we can be highly abandoning of ourselves. We can also be very abusive to ourselves. We can be quite negative toward ourselves. We can be our own worst enemy, right? So I want to read you a verse. This is Luke chapter 6, verse 35. This is out of the Message Bible. And it says, I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. So what is that kinder, gentler way of living and relating? How do we do that? And I, I teach people this all day, every day, how to treat themselves. And for the most part, there are always going to be those who are going to act just the way they want to act without any conscience. I mean, there are some people that are not going to pay attention to how they affect themselves and how they affect the world around them. But I teach people who really want to be the best version of themselves. And one of the things I want you to understand I actively treat, the way I treat myself teaches others how to treat me. Because there are not a whole lot of people that will treat you well even if you're being difficult or treat you well even when you hate yourself. Because that's part of having boundaries, right? That regardless of what you present to me, I still am going to honor who I am and be the best version of me even if you're a train wreck, right? So we want to really understand we can't really truly love others and care about others if we don't do it first with ourselves. So continuing to cir circle back to what you need to do to take care of you, and that's what we talked a lot about this first month of this year, of having the best year ever and what you need to do to set yourself up to have that. So if you don't do you first, okay, it makes it very difficult to translate that to other people. It may be really well-intentioned, but I don't know how genuine and authentic it's going to be. So I want you to ask yourself, think of what would have happened if Jesus didn't take care of himself. He couldn't have done what we needed. And all his words and the feelings that he purported to have toward us would have been in vain. If he didn't take care of himself, he could not be for us who we needed him to be. So loving the one that others love is the best way to care about them. So what happens in your relationship when you care for you? Here's what I want you to understand, the dynamic that changes within your interpersonal relationships. And really... All the relationships that, triple out, that, that ripple out from there will be affected. When you take care of you, you feel better about you. When you feel better about you, you tolerate ridiculous things much better. You tolerate offense better. You're not as defensive. You're not as easily overwhelmed. 
you're not as insecure. You're not self-doubting. So when you care about you, you strengthen you. We're not talking about self-indulgence. We're not talking about, you know, it's all about me. We're talking about I want to take care of me well enough that I don't have to think about me all the time. Because think about your car. If you don't take care of your car, then everybody else has to think about your car because you can't get to where you need to be. You don't get there on time, even if you sort of get there. You have to borrow other people's cars. Maybe you don't have enough money to pay for the bus or a taxi or an Uber, so you're late. So if you don't care for your car, you can't get around and do your life well. Well, you live in your body. It's kind of like your vehicle. If you don't take care of you, body, mind, soul, and spirit, you won't show up well for the ones that you purport to love. So when you take better care of you, you also have greater stamina and energy. It's life-giving. The better you care about you, and again, I'm not talking about self-indulgence. I'm not talking about, you know, doing all these things to, to make myself feel like I'm better than everybody else. What I'm talking about is basic self-care. So understanding the vehicle that God put me in and what it needs. This is what we do for babies and children and pets because they don't always know what they need. They don't always know how to get what they need. So we do that for them so that as they grow up, they are able to do it for others. So we don't stop taking care of ourselves as we grow up. We should be more diligent about that so that others don't have to. So you're going to have greater stamina, energy, tolerance. You're going to feel so much better about yourself. You're going to take things less personally. You're going to experience life in a way that you're going to really enjoy. And so taking care of you just gives emotional energy and psychic energy to your brain. You just feel better. You, you know and I know how much better you feel when you do the right thing. How good do you feel if you eat ice cream for dinner every night? Even though it tastes really great, you know it's kind of not a really healthy thing to do. Even though it's really fun, it weighs on you. It doesn't, in, in a lot of ways, right? It doesn't give you the like, wow, I feel good about me because I'm doing the right thing. So think about that. What, what else happens when you take care of you? you have a lot more energy to give to others. So by taking care of you, you get greater stamina and energy, and then you have more to give to others. You're not so exhausted by other people. You tolerate them better. They're little idiosyncrasies. You bounce back faster. You don't get as offended as easily. You don't hold grudges. You don't start to let your mind think things about, hey, I wonder if they're like this, and what, are they, what if they're doing that, and I bet that's how they feel inside, and how dare they act like that toward me. That, that, there's a lot of clutter when we get into all of that. So you have a lot more energy to give to others because all your needs are met. What else happens? Well, you have more grace to give because you know how hard it is to live. See, if I'm taking good care of myself, I have so much more flexibility. I have so much more grace to give to other people. I don't get nearly as offended or defensive or upset or, or what, whatever those reactions might be, judgmental, 
feeling insecure, like I'm less than them. All those types of things. I don't fall into, you know, old patterns or maybe more immature ways of thinking. I don't get myopic in my world. When I'm taking good care of me, I am able to be so much more flexible with other people and assume the best about them because I'm very aware of how difficult life can be. Now we're coming to a break and I'm going to end with this one and we're going to pick it up on the uh, next in the next segment this whole idea of what happens in relationships when you care about you. So this one is really important. You're no longer a stressor or a worry for them. See, it's much easier if you have pets and children that are not well or hurt or failing or floundering because they expect us to intervene on them and take care of them. But what happens when you have an adult that you love that is not taking care of themselves and not doing that well? Well, you have this dilemma. Do I think about them? Do I ignore it? Do I confront it? Do I walk away from it? What do I do with my frustration or my fear? So we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you in the next segment. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today, and we are talking about loving the one that God loves. We are talking about self-care. We're talking about valuing the one that God died for and how that affects the rest of your relationships, how it affects your life in general. So we started the segment with this verse in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, and this is out of the Message Bible, and it says, I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. So we're talking today about maybe enemy number one, the biggest enemy is maybe ourselves. And I say to you, love your enemy. Now, I have to work on that. I don't always like myself. Sometimes I actually can hate myself, and I have to remind myself that I want to hate my behaviors and not me. But I can get on my own nerves. I can be frustrated with myself. I can say, you know, I just want to unzip my body and just get out, right? I want a new one. I want a new life. I don't know what God was thinking when he made me. All of us can do that. And what this passage is saying to me is, I tell you, love your enemies. So that firstly starts with me. So I may not be okay with me or happy with me or at peace with me, but I still need to love me. And love means care. Love means concern. Love means involvement. Love means sacrifice. And so I have to do those things for me. And I'm telling you, you, you know, I don't have to tell you, really. It's harder to do for me than other people. I'd much rather take care of people all day. I do. I love my job. And I have people all day, every day. I talk to them, even on weekends. My goodness, I love these people God brings to me. I love caring for them. 
But I also know if I don't take care of me, I can't care for them. And there have been times in my career when I've gotten sick and I've had to take time off. Now, thankfully, they're all very gracious and I've set it up so that they have good self-care for themselves if I'm not available. But I have to know that first and foremost, if I don't care for me, I can't care for others well. And so God is saying, live out your identity and live it the way that God feels about us, generously, graciously, even when you're at your worst. Be kind. Be forgiving. So we were talking about loving the one that others love. So that's me loving me because others love me. And the best way I can care for the people in my life and love those people that love me is to love me. And we left off on this one that really, really helps. Why does that help others when I am loving me well? When I am caring for me well? Well, I'm no longer a stressor or a worry for them. Have you worried about somebody that you love? Have you seen them doing some behaviors or things that you knew were harmful for them? And you felt inadequate, incapable of being able to do anything about it. So you just kind of had to watch it and hope it was going to be okay. Because they were an adult. You were depending on them to take care of themselves. This is a really hard topic because it hits so close to home. It's tough to care for yourself. We are at enmity oftentimes with ourselves, far more than we may be with other people. And one of the ways that we have peace with ourselves is to see ourselves as valued by God. It has nothing to do with always how I feel. I don't always feel valuable. I don't always I don't always feel worthy of being loved. But that's not what God says about me. So he is wanting me to care about me the way that he cares about me. He's saying, please care about the one that I love. It's kind of like if you think about humans being on the planet and God's the father, it's kind of like he dropped us off at daycare, right? So he's hoping that the people on the planet, namely you, are going to take care of the one that he loves until he comes back, picks us up, takes us home. So this is imperative. This is very foundational. You get this thing right, so many other areas in your life are going to work so much better. So one of the kindest gifts you could give to people is that they don't have to worry about you. That they know that you're okay. So nextly, next, it really also makes your life easier. Your life is easier. Your life is less complicated. You have less doctor appointments, Right. You don't have to keep buying all kinds of vitamins. You don't have to keep trying all these different whatever medicines. You don't have to worry every time you get your blood drawn. When you take care of you, your life is so much easier and so much more enjoyable because you are better able to do the things you want to do. And that means things like exercising, drinking water, eating the right foods, praying daily, reading the Bible, filling up your heart and your soul with God's word, feeding yourself with those things. Because your life is easier when you don't have to think so much about you. And you will feel so much better about you when you don't have to say no to everybody because you can't do it. Because you're sick, you're infirmed, 
you haven't taken care of yourself, whatever that might be. So you don't then end up shutting doors on yourself unnecessarily because you don't want to care for the one that God loves and the one that others love. So it's going to make your life easier. What else? Well, if I take good care of me, I'm a great example to others, right? So I give others encouragement and courage to do the same thing. Instead of pulling them down into bad behaviors, I help elevate them into more positive behaviors. So I'm actually setting a good example without even trying, just by the way that I'm living. You know and I know. You watch how other people take care of themselves. You watch what they eat. You, you listen to, to what they watch on television, what movies they go to, when they go to bed at night, if they exercise. You know as well as I do, that we watch what other people do. And we think, hey, maybe I could try that. Seems like it's working for them. So this is why this also helps with your internal environment when you are being a good example for others. Now, please don't add any condemnation to that. That does not mean that we're not allowed to just be human. But it's a great benefit. You can be inspiring to other people and encouraging to them as well. So I know that this is tough, and this is, I have to tell you, this is one of the harder shows that I do because I have to talk to myself about it, and I frankly don't. (laughs) Sometimes it's harder for me to have to go, wow, Cynthia, you have to work on this stuff a lot. You kind of got to get recentered again. You know, you have to start, wow, you better like, you know, start working a little bit harder on these things. It's very um, challenging. When I say these shows to you, when I teach you about these things, because then I have to look at myself and I have to say, you know, am I doing this stuff? And so it's really, really important to recognize that people watch you and you probably don't even know it all the time, but people see you and they either decide they want to be more like you or you're the person they don't want to be like at all. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about caring for the one that God cares for. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you've just tuned in, we are talking today about loving the one that God loves. Loving the one he died for, that he laid his life down for. That's how valuable you truly are to him. And remember, it has nothing to do with with our behaviors or with our accomplishments. It has everything to do with the fact that God chose to love us. And we came from him. we're, We're a part of him. We mean a tremendous amount to him. And so we're talking about how can I honor the one who made me the best? And that's taking care of me. He's counting on me to do that. He's counting on on me taking care of the one that he loves. The same way that if you have adult children, the hardest thing about having adult children is that you don't care for them anymore the way you used to care about them. You still care, but you don't have hands-on. You have to watch them flounder in their own lives. And you hope that everything that you did for them helps them to be successful. 
but you're powerless to do anything about it. And so this is why it's so important when you think about how you affect God. And, and we, we focus so much on sin that we oftentimes get more caught up in, if I just stop sinning, then God's going to be pleased with me or happy with me. Well, let me tell you something. He is more pleased and happier when you love the one he loves. That causes such great pleasure for him. He can relax. He can rest a little bit. It's a way that you honor the Creator. And so this is really important. And I'm going to read this verse again because this is Luke chapter 6, verse 35, and it's out of the Message Bible. It says, I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. Love your enemies. So we're talking about, am I my own enemy? Am I my own worst enemy? Well, if I am, I'm told to love my enemy. And help that enemy and give that enemy without expecting a return. Now, how many of us start out the new year trying to do all kinds of new healthy things and we don't get the return on our investment like we would like? And so we quit doing them. We say, hey, I'll feel so much better if I drink water. I'll feel so much better if I exercise every day, if I go to bed earlier. And we start to do it. And after a while, we're not really noticing the return that we wanted to have. And so we stopped doing it, even though intellectually we know those are really important, good behaviors to do when caring for humans. We want these quick returns. And so we say, well, if it didn't work the first time I took the vitamin, I'm not taking them anymore. If it didn't work the first time I went to bed on time, I'm not doing it anymore. This is, and this is where you want to say to yourself, that's what this verse is talking about. Help and give without expecting a return. Do the right thing even if you don't get the return that you expected. Because the verse goes on to say, you, you'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us. And that is generously and graciously even when we're at our worst. So that is God saying, live out your identity the way I live out mine. And I'm generous and I'm gracious even when you're at your worst. I died for you. And it goes on to say, our Father is kind, you be kind. So that kinder, gentler relationship starts with you. If I'm doing those things toward me, I am much better able to give them toward others. If I'm judging me, if I'm withholding from me, if I'm criticizing me, if I'm hating me, I'm going to have to try to overcome all of that stuff when I try to love you and like you. I'm going to have a tendency to treat you the way I treat myself unconsciously. I'm not going to know that I'm always doing it. And you have to understand that we teach people how to treat us by the way we treat ourselves. Because most people, after a while, won't fight you on the way you treat yourself. They may in the beginning. They may try to overcome these horrible or mean or dysfunctional or unhealthy behaviors or thoughts or ways of living that you have. They may try to overcome them by doing better for you. But after a while, if it doesn't work, you know, they start treating you the way you treat yourself. That's why this is so important, that you start with you. You start at the beginning. 
And you love the one that God loves. You love the one that he died for. He's coming back. He's going to take you home. So while we're here, while we're living out that God identity, we want to say to God, I'm going to honor the one that you love. I'm going to honor the one you died for. And I'm going to care for this person that is so valuable to you. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment. Make sure you join me in the next segment. Listen to it on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com or iTunes. It's a great place to find the show. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking today about really honoring and loving the one that God loves, and that would be you. So I want to encourage you as well to always check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We have lots of things on social media as well. Thank you always when you email me. And I know that, Cheryl, you emailed me, and I have not been able to respond back to you about the show that you were interested in. So thank you for emailing me, and you're going to have to forgive me that I have not been quick to respond. So you can always email me, and I'm going to do my best to respond to you quickly. If I don't, just email me again. If you want a keynote speaker for your organization, your business, uh, your church, I love to come and share and sing, and I can create a talk that would fit best for your the group that you have. So you can either do one of the ones that you heard on the radio, I can do those, or I can create one for you. So I love ministering to you in that way. So let's get back to this concept of a kinder, gentler relationship, of loving the one that he loves, loving your enemy, which might be you. And so we were talking about this idea that you cannot truly love others and care for each other if you really don't do it first for yourself. This is how God survived this planet and was able to lay his life down for us. For us, his enemies. We were oftentimes his enemies. And he died for us. That's what it says in the verse in Luke chapter 6, excuse me, 35. It says that he did this. He helped us without expecting a return. And he doesn't regret doing it. And he gave to us generously and graciously, even when we were at our worst. That's how we want to treat ourselves. That's how God treats us. And that's how we want to then treat the world. But it's really tough to do it outside of yourself if it's not happening inside of you. It's a lot more effort. So think about why loving the one that others love is the best way to care for them. And we left off on this one that said, well, you're no longer a stressor or worry for them when you're taking care of you. You also have more appropriate expectations on them if you're taking care of you. See, if I'm really caring for myself well, my needs are not going to be in extreme. What I'm needing is going to be much easier to manage if I don't get it. So they are no longer stressed or worried about me if I'm not taking care of myself, and it makes their life easier when I'm caring for me. 
And not that we're, we mind having people be burdens. We love the people that are in our lives. But it makes life a lot easier when we can trust that they're caring for themselves. And we, and we left off in that last segment talking about parents of adult children. And if you are parents and have adult children, you know what that feels like. You just hope that what you taught them, they're doing, and that they are even trying to get even better than what you taught because you don't get to care for them the way you used to. You have to trust them to care for themselves. Well, that's how God feels about us. He has to trust me to care for the one that he loves, that he died for. So you make their life easier. You also set a good example. And this one's really important. You also uncomplicate things. Have you ever been around somebody that didn't take good care of themselves at all? physically or mentally, spiritually, intellectually, socially. They kind of complicate life, don't they? And not that they're necessarily trying to be complicated. But instead of being a complex person that's deep, that you want to get to know more, they become a complicated person that makes it very difficult to be in relationship with them. So when we are taking good care of ourselves, we uncomplicate ourselves. We don't, I tell people, you know, you're like a walking piece of Velcro. You're snagging on everything. And so we kind of smooth ourselves down and we major in the majors. We don't major in a minor. So we uncomplicate our lives and ourselves. And we're much easier to get along with when we're less complicated. And you now have more time to actually enjoy life. Because you're not trying to fix all the things that are problematic because you haven't taken care of things. Like, let's go back to the analogy of your car. If you don't take care of your car, it complicates your life terribly. Because you can't get to where you need to go. You're late. You run out of gas. You didn't fill it when you should have. Because you didn't want to. You were, whatever, too tired. So now you really need the gas, and now you're going to be late. You don't put air in the tire, so you get a flat tire. Or you don't do the maintenance on the car so it doesn't even run. So you have to borrow somebody else's car or take a bus or Uber. And then you end up maybe being late. There's a lot of things that happen when we don't take care of our lives and the things that make our lives work. So this is tough. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is tough to do. It takes an incredible discipline. It's so much easier to take care of other people and so much many times rewarding. Because it's not always rewarding when we take care of ourselves. It is a discipline. So you absolutely will have much more time to enjoy life. What else happens? Well, you'll have more money. Because the, the more we don't take care of ourselves, the more money it costs us to get the care that we need to undo whatever it is that we did to ourselves. Right? So we have to spend a lot of money on things we might not otherwise have wanted to spend it on. So we have more money, we have more time, we have more energy to enjoy the life that God has given us, to actually be able to give back to God's world, to do what God has called us to do, to be who he originally designed us to be. What other, what other good things happen? How about this? You have a lot less to apologize for. See, if I'm taking good care of me, I don't have to apologize for as many things. Apologize for being late, apologize for being sick, 
apologize for not having the money I need, apologize for not getting the money paid on time, apologize for not showing up, apologize for being in a bad mood, right? Whatever it is that you end up having to apologize for because you haven't been taking care of your life. You haven't been taking care of you. This is important. So what does taking care of yourself really mean? And what does not taking care of you? What does that mean? So I want you to think about, we have these five realms. We have the physical, the emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and social. Five realms that we are dealing with. So how do I take care of me emotionally? Am I mean to myself? Am I critical of myself? Do I talk badly toward myself? Do I allow myself to fall into negative thinking and indulge in negative thinking? And we know what that does. We know, because we've talked last week, about the neuroscience that shows us the power of positive thoughts and how healing it is for our brain and what optimism does for our minds, that it stimulates the prefrontal lobe. And we get more, more judgment. And so this is why it's so important that we are careful about what we think, because what we think affects how we feel. So emotionally, intellectually, what do we fill our minds with? What do we watch on television? What do we let ourselves read? What do we let ourselves believe? So we have emotional, intellectual, psychological. And psychological has so much to do with self-care. How do I care about me? How do I relate to me? How do I feel about me? What has happened to me? How much responsibility do I take for what happened to me? Do I take responsibility for things that really were not my fault? Or do I know that things were my fault and I don't take responsibility for them? So then we have spirituality. What does my spiritual life look like? It's not going to happen if I don't work it. You know, God is available. He's there. He makes it possible. But we have to initiate as well. He's already made the first step. And the second and the 10th, and the 20th, right? So we want to also be initiating spirituality into our life as a discipline. How do you do that for you? And so then we have physical. Americans are notorious for not taking care of themselves physically, or they overcare. So it's like the guy that has the, the, the man or the woman that has the beautiful car, and they won't even drive it because they don't want anything to happen to it. They spend all day detailing it. So we have that extreme physically, or we have the other extreme where we don't even care for our bodies. And, and I, I say to people regularly, you know, I kind of have compassion for my body and other people's bodies. This is the best it ever gets for our bodies. It does, our bodies don't go to heaven. So this life is the best our body ever gets. So we want to honor the vessel God placed us in. So when we think about and really take into consideration how much we affect the world around us, and I know that many of us might think, well, nobody even notices me. Nobody even pays attention. Well, what about the person that was so nice and let you into a parking place? You noticed them. You, might not even, you wouldn't know their name. You don't know anything about them. But you affect them, and they affect you. 
And this is what you want to think about. Every person is made for a reason. Nobody's happenstance. You didn't sneak on the planet, okay? And God says, uh-oh, Cynthia showed up. I got to make a plan for her. Every single human was wanted by God. Every single human was planned. And so you are valuable to God with tremendous resources. See, we're more willing to take care of the planet and all its resources than we are to take care of us, ourselves. We're willing to make all kinds of provisions, spend all kinds of money, sacrifice ridiculous things. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of the planet. It's the same way as taking care of your house. It's ridiculous if you squander the home that you live in. But if we overdo that, then we're going to underdo what we need. So you're his child. He's depending on you to care for you. So I want you to think about, I express and produce outside of me generally what's inside of me. So this show is all about your inner world. You are with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of eternity. I want you to make peace with you. I want you to care for who God made. You're not going to go to heaven and be somebody different. So this is imperative that you make peace with you, that you value you, you care for you, and you then help others do that for themselves, as well as not being difficult for others unnecessarily. So the greatest commandment, the laying our life down, the agape love toward myself is sacrificial kindness and gentleness. And I don't necessarily want to do it. My flesh is always going to lead me toward death. It's hard for me to be nice to myself. But if Jesus is willing to be with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week for eternity, then I need to take responsibility for being with myself. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for eternity. Because I cannot produce outside of myself what's not inside. It doesn't last. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I'm very glad that you joined me. Thanks for sending it on to your friends as well and telling your friends about the show. And God bless you this week. And really care for the one he loves. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.